So today we're going to talk about the fact that if it opposes God, it will fail. Amen. If it opposes God, it will fail. If it opposes God, it will fail. We don't have to worry about anything and anybody as long as we are on God's side. I was reading some reports uh, of people. On my Facebook, I have friends with a bunch of people, more people than I can count, but anyway, and some of them, you know, they put stuff on there. Some people just sign up and don't ever do anything with it, but anyway, there's many people on there who are ministers and Christians and and, uh, uh, people like that. I I unfriend people when they send me stupid stuff, you know, I just don't have time for, you know, they'll put stuff on there. I don't usually send stuff like that. Well, don't send it to my page. You know, get rid of. Christians who have carnality in them will always make excuses like that. I don't usually do this. Well, don't do it now. And don't send it to my page. You know, they got naked people on there and, you know, all kinds of nonsense. Don't send that to my inbox. You know, it's just nonsense. Anywho, we move on. But uh, I was reading where some people were all worked up about this satanic statue that they're trying to get posted in Detroit. And so I was listening. I said, oh, uh, you wake up Detroit and pray. This people don't pray. I said, uh, thank you very much. We've been praying against this for 18 months. So that gives me a chance to post about our Rejoice Detroit. And I don't think that thing's going to prosper. Do you? Absolutely not. And see, when you're in the loop and you pray, see these people who come late to the party. You ever had? You ever have people like that? When you, remember the pay parties we used to give in the basement when you was in high school and thought you was cool and you had a basement. A corner of it was clean. If they ever went back in that little dark hole back there where the toilet that don't work no more is, you was embarrassed. But you put a little curtain up there and let them. Go and you had a, a basement party. And remember, the people always came late. I played this song, so we played that already. Late to the party, want to take over and then play the songs like that. Well, that's the way people who don't pray do. They late to the party and come into the party all alarmed about what the devil's doing, all upset about that. Oh, you better pray, you better. We've been praying already. Where you been? They want to pretend like they're the head of the church. We only have one head of the church. Amen. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you take your orders from him and if you're obedient to what he's called you to do, you'll never be late to the party. Amen. You'll always be on top of things. And so, you know, people who are late to the party want to alarm everybody and false prophesy and tell people that Detroit is going down. No, Detroit's coming up. It's been up for a while. Amen. Any place where the saints are praying is on its way up. And so we don't listen to that kind of stuff. We don't listen to the evil report, even from the saints that are in the know. We just go on with what God's given us to do. But that little statue they're trying to put somewhere has been run out of every town they try to put it in they try to get it somewhere in downtown Detroit and, and the person they were getting permission from found out that it was a satay they didn't even know what it was about they were just trying to be nice to somebody when they found out what it was they said no and so once people get understanding of what's going on God can tell them what to say and, and how to respond to these things so I trust God 100% when he gives you an assignment you stick with that assignment and never lose 
lose heart and never faint and never give up your faith in what God has called you to do because he will certainly bring it to pass. So we're going to talk today about this very kind of thing in Acts chapter 5. I want you to turn there and we have a situation here where the apostles are preaching in the name of Jesus. They've been told not to do it. Amen. I'm going to start probably around verse 25 or 27, but prior to this, this chapter starts out with the death of Ananias and Sapphira in church. Huh? Not because they made it there and God ministered to them and that was their departing thing to do, but because they lied to the Holy Ghost. And so they had had property. It was uh, common during the early church that they had all things in common. The saints shared everything. It wasn't just, you know, give you 10% and feel like you're doing good, but you know give deep that's what this was about you know you had people your pastor might be in jail and get flogged and what are you going to do you understand what I'm saying when he gets out of jail he's going to have to have a place to stay be taken care of have food to eat all that kind of stuff then you had widows and orphans there that needed to be taken care of God always takes care of his people and so they had a voluntary you know this was voluntary this wasn't you know if you don't do it you're cursed and don't sit next to a person that don't give and all this kind of nonsense this was something that was voluntary on the part of every believer there because the Holy Spirit can always speak to people as to what to do. You know, we don't have to beat them up from the pulpit. Well, some people you got to work over. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> yeah, let God work you over. You understand what he's working over to do. But pretty much people who have a heart for God and, and trust God, and trust their leadership, so forth and so on, can feel free to give and know that God's word will work for them. He'll return according to their faith and according to the measure that they give. And that's the greatest freedom you can have is just be able to do it by voluntarily with no coercion no no compulsion no you know necessity that kind of stuff you know some some people they raise offerings because they they are always in emergency and people always come through because people are kind of emotional sometimes when it comes to giving and so God wants you to give he says as you purpose in your heart sometimes you can find yourself thinking things like man if I had so and so and such and such I sure would like that's what he wants you that's how he wants us to give is you purpose in your heart and, and pretty soon you'll find that money in your hands and then you got another problem yeah. Michael Kors or homeless orphan Michael Kors or homeless orphan huh? <laughs> so we always we always get choices to make so Ananias is a fire unfortunately made the wrong decision because when they got to church Ananias came in first and and, uh, told Peter he had sold the thing for so much and Peter just looked right through him he said you're not telling the truth he said why he said when this was in your possession didn't you have control over why are you doing this boom drop dead three hours later his wife comes in from Pumpkin's Nail Shop or Mara Does Nails or 
you know, with the latest ombre and all that stuff. And they asked her, did, did you, how much did you sell that for? Yeah, that's what we sold it for. Boop. She had her nails done, though. When they laid her out, she was propped up there real nice, but she's dead. So they had these kinds of things going on in their church. And the Pharisees heard about it. And they said, we don't have no dead people dropping dead in ours meetings. How come God don't kill nobody over in ours meetings? You know how ministries and ministers and churches get. Everybody wants the latest thing. They don't care what it is. They just want it. Huh? We want dead people dropping dead in ours meetings. God, we got a right to have it. You know what I'm saying. What's wrong with me? How come I ain't anointed like that? I can make people drop. And so this is, this is what happens. This is the age-old clash between religion and the Spirit of God. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. And so the Pharisees got wind of all the things that were going on. Some of the things that went on was that two and 3,000 people would get converted in a town just with a preacher preaching in the middle of the, the, the city. Huh? Them some good numbers, aren't they, Jan? Where's my friend Jan? She, she'll go, and go anywhere and stand on a box and preach to people just out in the middle of anywhere. God tell her to go. And, and people receive the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? And so whole towns were threatening to be converted to this new way. The Pharisees thought they had got rid of Jesus. They thought they had got rid of the problem. But he only multiplied in the, in the disciples. I mean, you know, he had already empowered them. But when he arose from the dead, he said, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. And he was allowed them to give them the freedom to receive the Holy Spirit. In the measure that you can believe him to do things for. I mean, they were doing extraordinary things in that city. They were turning the city upside down. The Pharisees were seeing the people leaving their little dead synagogues and going over to a place where the life was. You know? Well, I can say life and death. (laughs) They was getting born again. Some of them was dropping dead. But, you know, there was something going on there 24-7 all the time. There was something going over there in the new place. And so there were many signs and wonders. It says in verse 12, it says, And by the hands of the apostles, this is what, this is what religious people don't like. They don't like you laying your hands on people and God producing miracle signs and wonders. They want it to be them. And they want, if you do it, and you get miracle signs and wonders, they accuse you of all kinds of things. You're into witchcraft, you're, you're this is wrong, that's wrong. Like the, the uh, young man said, uh, the one that was born blind, they went out and asked him, who healed you? And they, he told them Jesus did. Is he a sinner? He said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. But I know, what, yeah, I've been blind all my life and now I can see. And I've been coming to y'all dead stuff over here for 30-something years and I ain't never seen nothing. What do I care? My eyes ain't got open. I, <laughs> it's too late to tell me anything bad about him. You understand what I'm saying? And so this is how this is how people respond to the life of God. You know, they don't they know that God has done something for them. Once you know God's done something for you, the devil can't take that away from you. Nobody can take you got proof already. Huh? 
it's too late to talk me out of something like that. You know, I got proof already. God's healed me many times over. Bless me. Elevated me, took me from a, a little nervous person that didn't want to see the next day to somebody who can face life and conquer life in his name and all these things. You mean you mean you're gonna tell me something is wrong about God? It's too late for all of that. And so once this town started to get converted, people were getting converted wholesale to the way. Jews were coming over, leaving the synagogue, and the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were upset. So they told the, the apostles not to preach anymore in that name. They were scared to say it. Huh? <laughs> like it was a piece of dynamite. Huh? Which it can be. Uh-huh. You catch the Holy Ghost and not so so gracious and move one time you say that name wrong, you might be the next one getting up. Huh? <laughs> Amen. So in verse 12, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest didn't, uh, didn't, uh, <coughs> rest does not man join to them, but the people magnified them. This is what the religious hate. They hate it when you get attention for working for God. It's, one, it's a hated thing. So they brought the sick people. People would, people would walk past the, they, they would lay the cots on the, on the sidewalk in case Peter's shadow could come by. And people would get healed in his shadow. Amen. And so he says, there came a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, bring sick sick folks, those were vexed with unclean spirits. So verse 17, the high priest rose up and all that were with them, the sect of the Sadducees, were filled with indignation and put the apostles in jail. But the angel of the Lord came and got him out. Huh? See, if God tells you to do something, he means for you to do it. And he has the help it takes for you to get the job done. I'm going to say it again. If God tells you to do something, he means for you to do it. And he has the help for you to get the job done. Period. Amen. It's not up to you to figure out how to get anything. It's not. It's just up to you to obey God. Now God expects us all to read our Bibles. You don't just get this out of nowhere. Amen. And you're not. They're not. Uh, you don't live in a land of mantles falling from heaven. <laughs> Even Elisha had to be in the right place and had to pay the price to be there. The Bible says he poured water over Elijah's hands. You know what that means? He gave him a bath. What do you think pouring water over his hands means? It means that he's washing his hands and he's standing there. Pour whatever you need. I'm I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know when God's favor is. See, people in this day, we don't know nothing about stuff like that. Now, we, we all of a sudden, who he think you are? Elijah think he is. Uh, he's the anointed prophet of God and this kid is around him and he wants something from him. 
And you've got a sense enough to know what's valuable, what's not valuable. You spend time with what's valuable. Not what's not valuable. All the sons of the prophets are walking around, making fun of him. Ah, that old man, he's going to leave today. You know, they can pick up a prophecy, but they don't know what to do with it when they get the information. They all knew Elijah was going to be taken up to heaven that day. Anybody who can get a vision from God. I mean, just because you got a gift, that don't mean you got a brain to work with it. A lot of people, gifted people, understand what's going on in the realm of the spirit, but they don't want to partake of it. Don't have enough sense to know how to position themselves and stay where God tells them to be. So you get the fullness of what's going on. Some people are doomed to be spectators most of their lives. Just watching other people get blessed and watching other people. Because they don't know how to enter in and and get their portion of it, their part. All of those prophets could have been outstanding if they'd obeyed God. And followed the man of God and did what he told God, told them to do. Pay the price to get the anointing. Most people want to come late to the party and then say they got something. We will all know if you got it or not by your fruit. Well, I was a part of so-and-so's ministry and I was in their meetings. What did you get? Hmm? Besides the story you want to tell. Amen. We can all tell stories, but very few of them will manifest in the glory of God. You got me? So those who were really in there with something came out with something. And so Elisha was able to come out and he asked for a double portion of his spirit. And he said, if you see me when I leave, you can get it. In other words, most people don't stick it out to the end. There are a lot of people that that sow seed and do things and then leave before the harvest comes through. Huh? Let the devil tell them some weird story or something that's not going to happen for you. Or this over here is better. That's the main thing. We get up and jump and move around because what we think we see in the natural looks better. And we leave the place instead of gathering our harvest. You've got to stay there long enough tending things to gather a harvest if you're going to get something. And so that's for whoever that was for. But I'm going to go back to my Acts chapter 5. But we have to be faithful, folks. And we have to be obedient to God. Quit moving around so fast and so much. You're leaving seed untended behind you. And your harvest is behind you instead of ahead of you. Somebody will always find it and use it. It will be a blessing to somebody else. So they put the disciples in jail and, and the the uh, the uh, what you call it the angel got them out. At verse twenty four, it says, "Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple preaching, teaching the people. Now really, God had told them to go in the temple and teach." And he didn't change his mind. He didn't care if somebody came and put them in jail. He went and got them out of jail. said, go back and do what I told you to do. Huh? God doesn't care what your your uh, spiritual journey is interrupted by. If, you, if it's your... Uh, 
lack of knowledge, your disobedience, whatever. whatever. But when you come back to him, he's going to put you right back where he told you to go the last time and say, do what I told you to do. You're going to finish your assignment. He's not moved by who told you not to do something and who don't care what you, who don't care about that kind of stuff. And I don't know, we need all that miracles and stuff. Well, you know somebody does. You've seen all them people in the cancer wards and all that. You think they don't, we don't need miracles? Are you kidding me? We don't need all of that supernatural. I don't know about you, but I'm going for it because God says it's there for us. That's part of my job as a believer to bring the supernatural into the earth. Amen. You you don't think it's necessary? I want to see more. So we have a parting of the ways here. (laughs) So then he says here. And then who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then with the captain, with the others, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. So what they did was said, uh, Peter, uh, come on over here with me. You know, the, the gun underneath the holster. They just smile. We're walking past the people now. Come on over here. See what I'm saying? Instead of letting on to the people, this is what the religious fear they're always concerned about numbers, how many, how much, how big. Is it as big as mine? Is it, do they have as, how big is the mailing list? How big is the budget? This is what religious people are more concerned about than anything is what it looks like to man. This is why many times they didn't arrest Jesus because the, he had so many people following him. And the people clung to him and loved him. They said, well, if we lay hands on him, the people get mad and they'll turn on us and kill us. So let's just wait until we can catch him by himself. You understand what I'm saying? And so these are the plots that the enemy lays against us. As long as the Pharisees thought they had the power and they could go in and just arrest people, they did that. But when they saw that these people were getting converted, then they start getting scared of the people. Amen. Sometimes God will increase a ministry and bless them just to keep the the religious people off your back. You understand what I'm saying? If they think you're up there with them, they don't mess with you. But if they see you doing things for God and, and you look like you're alone or nobody's there to to help you or support you or something they try to pick you off and kill you and so you have to know that when God gives you something to do it does not care who he sends you to one person ten person ten thousand people God is not concerned about numbers as far as man is concerned but he is concerned about helping people he is concerned about empowering his body and he is concerned about we live better and live above the devil's nonsense down here you understand that's what he looks at that's why he's always looking the Bible says his eyes roam to and fro across the whole earth looking for somebody to show himself strong on their behalf if you feel weak God's looking for you if you feel confused he's looking for you if you feel like you don't know what to do he's looking for you because he's going to show himself strong on your behalf and he will use his people to do these things it's up to us folks he not looking for nobody else yeah. don't be pray, praying for him to raise up this and raise, raise yourself up and respond to what God wants you to do amen and this is the way the early church saw things they saw themselves as the answer to the problems that they experienced down there in their cities and so in verse 27 
It says, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we command you that you shouldn't teach in this name? Now look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Not just doctrine, but signs and wonders to back it up. See, this is what religious people look at. They look at what you tell them, in other, like it's some kind of a mind game. You know, they, they, they like what you preach better than they like what I preach. Well, keep living. You know, pretty soon they'll be liking yours too. You know, people are like that sometimes. But the thing of it is that God is now backing up their words. He's confirming their words with signs following. And that's something religion cannot produce. Religion will never produce God confirming words with signs following. Only believers can do that. Amen. And so believers get believing. And get stepping out and doing what God's called you to do. Little did the the religious people understand that God will come for obedient people. This is why religion never produces the power of God. Because they're in disobedience to God. They do things their own way. They make it up as they go along. If they don't understand and have knowledge and, and can't wait for God to give them a word of knowledge to teach them something, they just make up something. Some kind of some kind of explanation. Oh, oh yeah, that went out with the days of the apostles. That's there. It's always too late. It, it either just left or they've got here yet. As far as religion is concerned, huh? God is getting ready to. No, I'm getting man now he's always ready are you kidding me God's going to pour out uh, huh end time wealth transfer you know all that kind of nonsense and God transfers money into the hands of the righteous all the time amen he said uh, he said it's laid up for us that money ain't laid up for the wicked people it's laid up for the righteous people amen when you have so many wealth transfers in the history of of the world it's pathetic we're not waiting on anything God's waiting on us to use our faith to get our needs met. Amen. And be good stewards over what he gives us. Amen. You don't need a whole lot of money to do much in God. You know, favor will give you more than than your pocketbook will ever give you sometimes. I was thinking about that, uh, you know, with with the the renovation we have to do in in this building we're in, in Detroit. And I was looking at... The condition it was in when we first got in there, and I thought, God, what are we going to do? Because we had no money saved up. Last time we moved, we had money saved up, and it wasn't hard to do. But this was something we just knew we had to do, and couldn't. You know, you don't have time to set aside and tell people to give extra and all that kind of stuff. You just have to get it done. And so while we were, uh, while I was contemplating it, and and then with, and I said, well, one way I can save money is I don't go up every week and stay in the hotel that's why I've been down here so we've been doing things but I am amazed at how God has raised up the people in the church there to get everything done favor that we need with people workmen coming in and all that kind of stuff the one guy that's done most of that work barely charged three thousand dollars in labor and he's he's put up walls he's expanded bathrooms he's laid floors he's tore up floors he's done all kinds of things 
I'm just really amazed at how faithful God is to get that done when you determine that you're going to obey God. You know, all you have to do is get out of his way mostly, you know. If we can get out of his way and quit looking at what the people down the street look like and what we don't have and how we're not like them, thank God you're not like everybody else. Amen. Maybe somebody can find their way here. So he says, they, they told him not to preach in that name. And he said, you fill the whole, all Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. This is their feeling guilty because they crucified the Lord. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. And he takes off preaching again. <laughs> You get the picture, folks? Don't stop obeying God no matter what stands in your way. Huh? See, the Pharisees don't even read their own Bible. Isaiah 54, I think it's 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be found in the wrong. Uh You have an advocate with the Father. The minute you you plead the blood and you get forgiveness of your sins, that pointing, accusing finger is gone. You got me? You can do something this morning and somebody say, oh, I saw what you did so and so. No, I mean, my sins are forgiven. I don't know what you're talking about. You're bringing up something that's not even there anymore. That thing's been erased. You know, the devil try to put sickness on you. Listen, sickness was part of the curse of the broken law. We're all lawbreakers, used to be. Amen. But we've been acquitted. We've been forgiven. We're given new life. So when you break the law now, if you confess, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus goes to bat for you. He don't go against you. He goes for you. He doesn't accuse you. He exonerates you. And see, but, but, but because that law was broken, God levied the curse on us. He sent Jesus to remove the curse. So really, the Bible says when Jesus was whipped and he bore those stripes on his body, it was to take what God put on us for breaking his law. The Bible says that Jesus carried our sins away. He bore sickness. He carried sickness away for us. Now, that was the legal sickness that we should have had for disobeying God. That's gone. What the devil's bringing to you now is a counterfeit. Because Jesus took that and the devil don't know where he took it so he can't go get it and bring it back to you. What he's bringing to you is something fake, fictitious, and counterfeit that he made up and he's trying to get you to accept it. That's penalty for your sin. That's why 
you can, with the word of God, you can rebuke sickness and it has to leave because it's not what God put on you. He says, I'm the Lord that heals you. Now, I put it on sinners, but that ain't for you. So if you've got symptoms in your body that's a counterfeit and a lie that the devil made up and he's trying to make you accept it as something from God, but it ain't from God. That's gone forever. Never come back anymore. That's why you can talk your blood pressure down. That's why you can rebuke a fever and relieve you. Because you're redeemed from the curse and the penalty. So that's not here for you anymore. The devil couldn't find that if he, on a good day, he couldn't get close to finding something that God took off of you. Are you kidding me? As far as the east is from the west, he's still looking for the place where it is and can't find it. I remember Juana was, was uh, with her brother. He's passed away now, but his brother, you know, and, and he wasn't living for the Lord, but she had gone over to see him, and, and uh, his wife had, was afraid because he had started looking like he was having a stroke. And so Juana called me and said, you know, I want to pray for my brother. And I asked her, I said, well, what side is, is of his body looks like it's affected? And she told me, I said, put your hand on his head on the other side. I said, and make that thing leave him. You know, stroke left him they made him go to the hospital anyway and they wouldn't keep him because they couldn't see any evidence of a stroke you understand me see if, if God was putting sickness on people you would never be able to do that with his word he never contradicts himself we got to stop our shenanigans folks and start getting hard down against the devil and make him let stuff go make him leave us alone Make him leave other people alone. Well, I don't know if I could just try it. I don't know if I could just go lay hands on somebody. Somebody could try it. You know? Cold, hot, you know, fat, skinny. You don't care what kind of what your little meat hooks look like. Just huh? Do it by faith and see what happens. No harm, no foul. Amen. They sick anyway. You might as well give it a shot. Pray for them. We call this a low risk operation. Huh? Very low risk. Praise God. Just don't try to take credit for anything. You'll be fine. Amen. So this is the, the inheritance of the children of the Lord, servants of God. There's no weapon. So as you go out doing the will of God and doing the work of God, nothing can stop you. Amen. I mean, it might slow you down. You might have to pray about it for a minute. But you keep going because that's what God wants for us. And that's what he's provided. He's provided divine protection for his people who are being obedient to him. And the disciples were being, the apostles were being obedient to him. And so Peter begins to preach. With the other apostles, he answered, in verse 29, he said, <clears throat> We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed and hanged on a tree. <laughs> Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. So there he's preaching the gospel. And we are his witnesses of these things. Huh? <laughs> you see, uh, you see the uh, LeBron people. We even stole out the Bible. <laughs> Remember that first poster they had down there, that wall hanging thinking, We are witnesses, right? <laughs> you saw him come, you saw him go. You're going to see him come and go again. He ain't Jesus, amen. 
He says, we are witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Them that obey him, he gives the Holy Spirit. So when you repent of your sins, you ask forgiveness. The Holy Spirit comes in you and in a measure. And then on the day of Pentecost, they got a greater measure. They were clothed with power from on high by the same Holy Spirit. So he does all the work. And so when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and wanted to kill him again. Then there stood up one of the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, head and reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said to them, listen. So he comes in, he separates them from the apostles. You know, there's a fight breaking out in the synagogue. Made the first place, you know, people pulling guns on each other in the church, deacon meetings, you know, board meetings, everybody packed to the guild. <laughs> they didn't start that, okay? People have been fighting in the church forever. <laughs> they continued to do so. So they, he separated them. And he said this to them. And this is, this is something we need to understand. This is my point of the whole thing. He says, <clears throat> Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do touching these men. Alright, so just think about what you're doing. He's the voice of wisdom. For before these days rose up Theudas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves and were slain. And all of them, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to nothing. After this rose another man, Judas of Galilee, in the days of the taxing, drew away much people after him. He also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. He says, and now I say to you, refrain from the let them alone, don't touch them. And let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to nothing. But if it be of God, you can't overthrow it. If it's of God, it will work. If it's not of God, it's going to fail. So we don't have to go and preach against anybody. We don't have to go talk against anybody. We don't have to do it. If it's not of God, honey, it won't last. It'll use, you know what I'm saying? We don't feel good about these things, but don't get worked up about We've seen this before is what he's telling them. He said everybody that's tried to be a big deal and, and said they were, I mean, I'm not, I don't care who it is. If it's the Muslims trying to say Allah is the greatest, you know. Muhammad Ali already said that. And he's shaking with Parkinson's, right? He's a man just like anybody. His flesh is subject to sickness, to illness, but he can be saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? All of this, it just mere human human effort don't get excited about it don't get upset about it all the people who are trying to hold on I see them now everybody's trying to prophesy all the people that you know have mega ministries and they run out of things to do to entertain people so now all of them on, the, on Facebook and on their web pages and websites trying to prophesy I dare 300 people to hit my button and Tell me I'm wonderful and God's going to bless you. It's not a prophecy. You understand what I'm saying? 
But they don't know any better, so they play. Because they've been playing with God all their lives. They don't know nothing but games to play. And and the people around them know nothing but to follow them in their game. But see, when when push comes to shove, when when your rubber meets your road, the games ain't going to work and you know they ain't going to work. So you go sneaking over to the little Pentecostal church down the street where they hoop and holler and worship God and roll on the floor, but they get miracles. Uh Trust me, everybody, all the religious people know where to go when they really get in trouble. Amen. (laughs) So the apostles aren't worried about it. They know their day is coming. Amen. So the thing you need to know here is that Peter continued to preach no matter what opposed him. If the anointing gets you in trouble, you better stay in that anointing because that's the only thing that will get you out of trouble. So the same message that got you put in jail, if you stick with that message and with your God, that same message will get you out of jail. And they were smart enough to know that. See, they've been trained under the best, Jesus. Amen. And he never changed his message. He never changed anything. They saw him spat on and crucified. They saw him chased out of town. They saw all the things that happened to him. And then on the third day, they saw him get about that grave and overcome everything that had ever come against him. So they're convinced. Once people have seen evidence of the goodness of God and the greatness and the power of God, they're convinced. You can't tell them anything different. And so they made up their minds they were going to stick with that message no matter what happened. If he was murdered the next time he spoke, so be it. He's going to heaven. You can't kill somebody who's on the way to heaven. Amen. Amen. We don't die, we multiply. Huh? You multiply every time you open your mouth and preach the gospel. You're not going anywhere. And God's not going to let you get out of here before your time. Are you kidding me? You're going to stay down here and work like everybody else who's working for God. Huh? <laughs> there is protection only to the obedient. You need to know that. People need to hear the message of the gospel. That's why God blesses us when we preach it. That's why he protects us when we preach it. That's why so many doors can open to us when we preach the gospel. This is why the church is here to tell the good news. We cannot be stopped because of intimidation or fear. We must continue to preach in season and out of season. Sometimes your out of season might last for a long season, but you continue to preach. Some of the people that we know that we're praying for that are imprisoned for the gospel, they're they're preaching out of season. But if they can open their mouths and tell somebody of the goodness of God, they will. We must trust God to keep his word to us that he will prosper, bless, and protect us. So that's what's coming to us if we stay obedient. The devil's people will always threaten us not to speak or preach in Jesus' name. Now why is that? Why is that name so irritating to them? Now most of those Pharisees had been under Jesus' teaching because he taught in the temple. 
right. caught right up under their noses. Right. I don't suggest y'all try it. You know what I'm saying? People pull guns on you and stuff in their church. Let them have a crazy church. You find where your ministry is, and you go. But Jesus could go anywhere. Why? He had the speed. We wrote them all. Not scared of anybody. If his father woke him up and told him go preach in the synagogue today, there's a man with a withered hand. He's been begging for healing for years. Go find that man and heal him. You understand what I'm saying? And so when you come in, you got to come in with the goods. But why don't they want you to preach in his name? Well, well, number one, there's power in the name. You say Buddha, Allah, any, that's like saying, you know, my shoe. Nobody pays attention. Nobody's impressed. Huh? Nobody cares. If you crazy enough to follow that dead word, then, you know, go ahead. But I got a word that's reserved. I got a name that's reserved for very special occasions to do very important things. And I have permission to pull that name out and use it whenever something of God's kingdom needs to be done and established. So there's power in the name. Every devil gets on alert when they hear the name of Jesus. The more devils you say it around, the more tense the atmosphere becomes. Huh? You say it in front of a bunch of Muslims. What do you care? Let God take care of his business. Our business is just to preach in that name. And declare the kingdom of God. No restrictions. The gospel is not bound, folks. The gospel's free. You preach to anybody, anytime, anywhere. I remember when they were scared of the, the Jews, you know, with uh, Yeshua. No, his name's Jesus. What's wrong with that name? Huh? There's no substitute name for that. All over in the Bible, in the, the New Testament, even from, from uh, when Isaiah prophesied, his name shall be called Jesus. Not Joshua, not Yeshua, but Jesus. Because he's the Savior and he will forgive people. That's the one I want to call. I won't call these other names. Huh? And it's just like being married and calling an old boyfriend. Did I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. It is. There's only one that's going to come and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Old boyfriends never show up after you marry. <laughs> Don't wear me out today, y'all, okay? Everybody sitting up there trying to... <laughs> Holy this. Just exhale, everybody. I ain't picking on nobody today. There's just something that popped in there out of nowhere. <laughs> That name puts fear. Every devil is on alert when you use that name. Don't ever think that it it does not get a response. You may not be aware of it. You may not see it. Thank God you don't see it. Because you'll start thinking of something you do. Just, I say that name in a certain way. Just don't get goofy, okay? You know, people are. Mm. You gotta watch saints sometimes, because they quick to want to get famous, you know. They want to blow up because they say Jesus is saying, well, I said it, honey. You see what? Ooh, look at what a hawk happened. That whole place was shaking. You gotta, you gotta watch things. They 
can't go off on you in a minute getting crazy like that. You have heard them before. You know what I'm talking about. You, yeah, just a, just a, and can't wake up a flea. Can't get the fleas off their dog. When you pray and you preach in that name, you have power, you have faith in that name, you get the results that the religious don't get. Amen. Amen. They don't even know when and where to use the name. See, it's still being used in vain with a lot of people. So it gets results that the devil's crowd can never get. Just the name. Faith in that name. It gets a deeper result. You might get a crowd, but what's that crowd doing? Huh? There was a report, I won't say which ministry it is, but they they did some ransom statistics. You know how the devil's people are, they won't snoop find your business. But they found out that during their um, major convention that they had, there was more pornography pornographic movies rented in the hotels than any other convention that there ever was. Some, some, uh, I had them on my phone for a minute. I took them off. Two ministers, men that married and they have a church and Oh, we've been, we started dating uh, so-and-so, and we met at a conference. Oh, wow. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Numbers don't mean nothing. If you're, if you're getting that many people together, and all you can do is be a conduit for homosexuals to hook up with, you need to stop. Just quit doing it. You know, I know you feel like you're doing a lot of good and the crowds are big and everybody, but quit doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you can have a Reinhard Bonnke conference with, with tens of thousands of people and half of them get saved. The other half ain't gay. Because if they were, they'd be saved by the time that altar call was given. You understand what I'm saying? When the power of God is there for real. When God's drawing people to him. God don't play. He draws people that want him and need him. You understand what I'm saying? That's what he draws. Not drawing a bunch of crazy people like that. So they fill Jerusalem with their teaching. Is what the Pharisees accuse them of. If we would just keep preaching Jesus, we'll fill the world with the gospel. Amen. Amen. Because that name is above every name. There's no other name given among men whereby men must be saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? No other name. And so we have access to that name and to salvation for all men. Not only salvation, but a righteous living, holiness, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Everything goes along with the power that's in that name. The gospel will only be stopped when we stop preaching it. The devil can't stop it. He's been trying to stop it before Jesus even got here. He was trying to stop the gospel. And he has not stopped it yet. So it will not stop. The only thing that stops it is we get stupid and quit preaching it. You understand what I'm saying? 
There is power in the name because the Holy Spirit is dispatched at the name of Jesus and he performs the word of God. So when the Holy Spirit hears that name, he is releasing himself, he dispatches himself to the scene of that happening to perform the word of God. He'll do whatever the word, whatever you spoke out of your mouth that was God's word, he will perform that. If you say, come out devil in Jesus' name, that devil's got to come out because the Holy Spirit is there to evict him. If you say be healed in Jesus' name, that person will get healed because the Holy Spirit is there to impart healing and reject sickness. He performs the word of God. You don't perform nothing. Just don't goof it up by trying to get cute or exotic. You know what I'm saying? Just be normal, whatever that is. You and God decide what's normal for you. It might be a little exotic for some people, but if it's normal for you, go for it. So he performs the word of God, the power to manifest the word and prove the critics wrong. That's what God's doing. You don't have to be there to try and argue with somebody that this is the way to properly lay hands on somebody. Just do it, let God perform, and then God will prove to people what he wants them to know. He gives us power to manifest the word, power for healing and miracles, power to convert sinners, power to bind up the brokenhearted, that's a big ministry, folks. We've got so many rejected, broken-hearted people and people being criticized and told they're nothing and always working hard trying to be something and never get there. You know, they need a rest. And you give them that rest. Amen? Jesus is their rest. In our time, politically correct liberal thought used to be soft and manipulative. Now it's getting angry and nasty. Uh, the same people who are begging us to accept them now telling us they'll sue us if we say something that they don't like Uh, and so we have to understand that the devil is amping up his game amen and we gotta amp ours up amen this is no time to assume you got power or assume you are right with God. You don't assume nothing. You better get down to brass tacks with God. Turn to Daniel chapter 3. And you see a picture of how liberal people, you know, they used to try to, you know, how they first start out. They put cute names on things. You know, uh, instead of abortion and killing a baby. It's a blob of tissue, and it's I'm I'm pro-choice. Or is one of those choices killing a baby? Well, then you're not pro-choice. The choice is already made by them people. They're not deciding anything anymore. They know what they're going to do. In Daniel chapter three, you see Nebuchadnezzar. Now Nebuchadnezzar had an investment in these Hebrew young men. They were outstanding. They had already proven 
that their God was superior to whatever God there was there because they were serving God. Daniel was a part of that group. There was four of them. You know their names. And so when when Nebuchadnezzar is always trying to find God but looking in all the wrong places. And, and we need to be discerning to know who's really seriously inquiring about the Lord and who doesn't know. But they can be demon possessed. I don't care if they're serious about God or not serious about God because they're in darkness. So Nebuchadnezzar here, he decides that he's going to make up some God and play some music. But people who don't really know God and have a weak position, you've got to have everybody involved. They can have nobody that says this is wrong. They got to make everybody. Does that sound familiar to you? Liberal people in this day and age, they got—they're trying to make us all accept homosexuality as normal. You understand what I'm saying? They're trying to make us say that this is okay. They're trying to make us and force us and intimidate us. Oh, you can't say, "Oh, that's hate speech." I heard that hate speech. Now they got people calling up. The police on people got a Confederate flag in there. You understand? Well, you can't force people to do stuff. People are free. Their conscience tells them what to do. You can't make me do nothing. My conscience before God tells me what to do. You understand what I'm saying? And so here we got a forced situation where everybody's got to go along with the program just because somebody says so. People say only 2 to 3% of the population is homosexual, but now they're commanding 100% of the political theater. Huh? What's the devil? He's always blowing himself up like he's somebody important. Whatever devils tell you, you don't have to obey them. You understand me? You obey God rather than man. Because if it's not God, it's going to fail. If it is God, you don't want to be found fighting against God. You always want to be found on God's side. So you don't have to compromise with them. You understand what I'm saying? If they want to marry somebody, you do what you want to do. All I can tell you is what the Bible says. And the Bible says you're going to go to hell. You keep doing that stuff you don't repent. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't have to compare your sin with nobody else's sin so I can make you feel better about what you're doing wrong. It's wrong, no matter who does it. It's always been wrong. It's always going to be wrong. Now, if you want to want to fight somebody, see if you can make it up to heaven. Now, we see in the Bible that's been tried before. They didn't make it up there. Huh? Could you imagine in one minute you're speaking the same language and the next minute you can't understand each other? Huh? If God wants to do something, honey, it don't take him but two seconds to straighten it out. You understand me? Somebody speaking Chinese and somebody over here speaking, you know, something else. And they, uh, give me a brick. <laughs> Ain't getting no more bricks, did they? They only got up so far. Huh? God will never let the devil finish the job. He's a loser. He's a loser. Never get to finish the job. So here Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar, he's got all this thing, you know, when the music goes off. That's my song. Don't mess it up. Come on. We supposed to dance with huh? I like Belle. Do you like Belle? 
Bail is cool, bail is, bail is everything, whatever. It is something just that stupid, but that was their worship song. So whenever they played Bail is Cool, everybody had to fall down and worship and get into it. Except Shadrach, Meshach, and they said, we can go from that ain't our song. <laughs> that is not our song. We ain't worshiping that. So they just went on their merry way. So Nebuchadnezzar goes up to him trying to be sweet to him. He said, is it true what I hear? That you don't want to dance to my music? <laughs> he says... Hold on, let me find it. I'm going to read it to you. I'm not going to be a naughty girl. I'm going to read it to you like it's in the Word. Verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spoke to them. Is it true? Is this right? I can't believe you guys don't want to dance to my music. I got you up in a high position in the kingdom. If y'all don't dance for me, I'm embarrassed. Y'all going to embarrass me in front of all these people? And he says, he said, do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the clarion, I'm going to give you another chance. If you fall down, <laughs> worship it. Well, but if you don't worship it, you'll be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God? Oh, that's the wrong question to ask on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. That's the wrong question. Who is that God? You know when somebody asks you something like that, God stands up. Uh-huh. He said, leave. And if you're sensitive, you'll feel him standing up in you. Because he stands up in you too. Who is that God? Me. And he says, that will deliver you out of my hands. Oh, it's on now. Shadrach, Meshadrach, Benigo answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We don't even have to think twice about this one. Now, well, God will prepare you. He'll show you in a vision, show you in a dream. What's going to come? They already knew what they were going to do. And they already knew they were going to get delivered. He says, we're not even careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, we don't serve you. We serve him. We work for you, but we don't serve you. There's a big difference. Huh? You got a job and the boss is trying to make you do too much and keep you. No, no, you don't serve him. You work for him, but you don't serve him. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, it don't matter to us. You understand? Whatever God chooses to do is fine with us. Because we trust him. Amen. He said, if not, he says, it's, uh, where is he says that? But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. 
that's that thing they're trying to put in Detroit. Nobody's going to serve it. It won't. It won't stand. Be like Dagon, it'll fall over and break in fifty pieces anywhere they put it. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. See how quick his face changed. He was pleading before. Now he's angry. The devil was there all the time. It says the, the form of his face was changed. That's how angry he was. And he says, therefore, he spoke and commanded they should heat the furnace up seven times more than it was supposed to be heated. You know the story. Threw him in there. The people that threw him in got burnt to a crisp. <laughs> See, that was a bad day to be at work. In the, maybe somebody should have took a sick day or called me in. Or, you know, I'm worshiping that one at home. I heard the music way from down the street, and I was dancing. And Bailey's, Bailey's wonderful. Bailey's cool. Doing my dance. <laughs> Present, huh? He says, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, verse 22, the furnace was exceeding hot. Flame of the fire slew those men that took them. And these three men were fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose in haste and spoke and said to the counselors, didn't we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, yeah. He said, I see four men loose walking around in there. Huh? See, they just needed to have a little bit of fear delivered off of them. Do you hear what I said? When you're fearful of certain things, God knows it. And he will have you confront those situations head on just to loose the fear off of you. So if there was any reservation in those Hebrew boys about who they were going to serve, it came off in that fire. Amen. It showed up, came off in that fire. Because you know what? When they when they looked up and saw the Son of Son of God walking around in there with them, they knew their Redeemer was alive. Sometimes we don't know that God is there for us. But they, they knew for a fact. See, there's no once you go through that and you come out, he brings you out and you don't smell like smoke and the only thing that's burnt off of you is Nebuchadnezzar's fear that he was holding you down with. Huh? That's the only thing that came off of them ropes of fear that had bound them. See, when somebody is able to bind you up and position you somewhere, they have a hold on you. Sometimes it's because they work for him and they want to stay in the loop, so to speak. You know, my ideas are playing around in your mind and pretty soon you're kind of getting over on to the other side where you don't, a little side of compromise that you'll twist a little truth here, withhold a little something there just to stay, keep bread on your table. You understand what I'm saying? And so when those things start to bind us, God sees that. If they were totally free, they never would have gone in that furnace. But they were bound by some ideas, some things that they needed to get free of. And that's the only thing that God has us go through these things for, is to free us up more to obey Him. And to know His power. To know His greatness. To know He'll come to bat for us. To know He'll rescue us. He will keep His word to you. You understand what I'm saying? And He wants you to know He'll keep His word to you. Well, how does he let you know that? You can't know it sitting up reading the Bible and meditating all the time. You've got to get out there and put it to work because faith is an action. And because if you believe God and you'll stand up for God, he has rescue for you. You see, the apostles kept preaching 
every time they got out of jail, they went back to preaching. You threw me out of the synagogue, but I'm back here again at God's command. God sent me here. You didn't send me here, so you can't throw me out of here. I'm here at God's command. And I preach because he tells me to preach. And so God will have us confront these things so that we don't have anything else binding us in fear. If you're scared of him, you'll be scared of his brother. You'll be scared of his cousin. You'll be scared of Babra and Man Man and all them. Listen, I've been intimidated by families of crazy people that lived on the block and ran everything. You know, you couldn't walk past any of them without shaking. But the one time they took tried to beat eight dudes on the way home from school. And they got out there. My mother got out there and whooped everybody. And it was 12 of them in that family. From the least to the greatest. They all got hooked that night. You understand me? And they quit walking the streets trying to intimidate everybody. Huh? That was the wrong day of the week. Huh? Because my mother was not the one, okay? <laughs> she definitely wasn't the one. She didn't come out of the house for a lot of stuff, but she sure came out for that. Long day to mess with her kids. Huh? <laughs> it was something to see. That was before selfies. Uh, we'd have some. <laughs> Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar, after that, he started worshiping God. Huh? That's all God wants is to convince people. If you have to get in a little bit of trouble and God gets you out somebody so somebody can get saved, it's worth it. It's worth it to God. Huh? The threat against God's people will not stand because it's defying the living God. You're not messing with people. See? Jesus stepped into the fire with them just like he had an angel to get into the jail cell with the apostles and get them out. So if it's of God, it will stand. If it's not of God, it will fail. Fail miserably. You need to know that sinners fear the truth and are willing to try to stop it any way they can. The truth condemns them because they don't want to obey God. You see? And so if they don't want to obey God, then they're condemned all the time. Peter tells them to their faces that he'd rather obey God than man. Amen? So he is defiant and God has to come for him. He begins to preach right there. And we need to preach uh, right then and there anytime God opens the door for us. We have to tell the truth no matter who doesn't like it and how much they say they're going to sue us for. Amen. That couple who got sued because they didn't want to make a cake with two men on it or two women, whoever it was, two women or something like that. You know, go get you some dolls and stick them up there yourself if that's what you like. You know, you don't have to take nobody to court because you want some dolls on your cake. That's right. <laughs> the truth. Go buy your own dolls. But the lawsuit is a big threat against Christians now. Amen. Because everybody likes money. Some of us even in the church like it too much. No, they take away your 501c3. 
you know, maybe we just all, in a, as a group of churches, need to burn ours and get it over with. You know, so they won't have a threat. Take away your business, your house, your comforts. So this is a time where the church must have all things in common and live in true covenant relationship with one another. It really blessed me when I saw that, you know, the uh, GoFundMe people kicked the bakery people off of their site. And then somebody else picked it up. They said, we'll raise your money for you. No problem with us. Uh God will always raise up somebody to help you. The devil's people don't want to help you. Good good God's people help you. Jesus uh, Peter Peter preached Jesus to them and then offers them the Holy Spirit he's offering the Pharisees salvation remember he said that he has given the Holy Spirit to those who obey him he's offering them that's like I said do you want to receive Christ same thing he's offering people who want to kill him salvation why because he's seen Jesus do it many times that's how you preach Jesus you preach it in the face of evil you preach it in the face of death or threats you just preach Jesus we often want to be nice we want nice circumstances when we preach the gospel right everybody join hands kumbaya let me get this raging devil saved huh some people you can't touch them to pray with them before you you understand what I'm saying you just say repeat after me Some of y'all will get it tomorrow. You'll wait till Tuesday, but you'll think about it. Confrontation is never nice. These are two opposite kingdoms clashing, and the strongest will win. You're the strongest kingdom as long as you continue what you're doing. You quit, you weak. But if you continue preaching and you continue saying you don't change your words, then you're the strongest one. Because the devil will change his words. You saw Nebuchadnezzar. He's running to get him out of there. I think I see the Son of God. After that, he started worshiping God himself. Took the little statue down, told everybody, oops, changed my mind. That ain't the right God. This one's the right God. I found it. I always got somebody different. Every week is a new thing, you know. (laughs) Disciples were cut to the quick and wanted to kill him. That's what the gospel does to people. That's what truth does to them. Some it cuts to the quick and they'll repent and receive Christ. Some it'll cut to the quick, but it's always cutting somebody quickly. You understand what I'm saying? It cuts deeply. Even their their innermost secrets get revealed when when we preach the gospel. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I do. Because the Lord told me years ago, if the gifts of the Spirit don't work in your ministry, you don't have one. They're there to profit you and profit that person you're ministering to. Other than that, all you're doing sometimes is playing a head game with people. You want to receive Jesus? No, I told you no. You understand? Well, you need to cut somebody to the quick. Keep doing that damn. This is the same deep wound that Muslims feel when they are confronted with the truth of Jesus' superiority over Allah and that Jesus is God. They can't handle it and that's why they want to go beheading people and killing Christians and all that kind of stuff because they are cut to the quick. But God will give divine protection if we will ask him for it. He will do that. Amen. He will do it. Instead of trying to compromise and appease the devil, we must continue to preach truth as Peter did. 
God will raise up a Gamaliel who if he needs to speak wisdom to people so that they scale back their opposition to the Christian community he will do that he'll tell them now look this isn't wise to keep persecuting these people like this you know you need to scale this back because this is not going to work for you and there's no way that you can get these people to compromise so don't keep trying to figure out a way that you can nice nice to them amen just leave them alone and let them do what they're doing for God so you don't want to be found fighting against God right now we got people in our government that are fighting against God many of them are in darkness because they think this is a game but there will be a day when the blinders come off their minds and game over you understand what I'm saying they don't have to make a decision one way or the other Amen. And I believe God will raise up a Gamaliel in our time to speak to people and give them understanding, give them wisdom, and say, you know what, the games are over. It's not time to be doing this kind of nonsense and messing with God's people like this. You better let them alone because God is on these people. So the biggest enemy we have oftentimes is ourselves. Not ISIS and not the Satanists and not the threat of lawsuits by the gay community. It's us. And when we stop when we stop preaching the word and inviting men to receive Christ, we seal our own doom. We stay alive and we prosper by preaching the gospel. While many are watering it down, God is raising up bolder and bolder people who are adamant about preaching his word no matter what. And he can he will protect you just like he did. Peter lived out the length of his days of his ministry. He did everything God wanted him to do before he left this earth. So did all of the apostles. Some of them chose to go home and be with the Lord. But they could have stayed here and preached longer because that's what faith will do. It will give you the decision to make. But as long as there are sinners here that need hope and need help, like the homosexual, he needs hope and he needs help and he needs truth. And that's the only thing that's going to help all of humanity is hope, help, and truth. Then God raises up people just like you and me to carry his gospel forth for his glory. It's, it's going to bring God glory. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And we don't, we don't preach a gospel that just sends people to hell. We preach the gospel that gives them a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Amen. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, we serve in God. We're not serving no other kind of nonsense around here. We've already proven God to be real and true. All you have to do is get serious about him and find out he loves you. Once you find out God loves you one time, you hook forever. Now, most Christians skip around it, but they don't know it. Smack dab in the middle of their hearts. You need to have a Boom. He showed you how much he loves you. And you don't play around with God anymore. After that, it's a serious game between you and him. Everybody's looking for somebody to love. <laughs> if you'd look real hard, you'd find him. And after that, you, you got no more problems in life. So that's what we all need, a proof, proof of love. You know, you need to ask God to show you that if you don't know it or you don't really think it's serious serving God. You understand what I'm saying? You like to play too much. Some people do. And so we need to grow up. No, not a child anymore. Put away the Barbie dolls and all that kind of stuff and and start really understanding God's great love and what he wants us to do with that. Amen? Father, we thank you. We're going to impart to 
to those people who are on the internet the glory of God and so God has, has anointed me to do this and I do it because he told me to we carry his glory and such as we have we can give people you can't give people what you don't have but you can give people what you do have so those of you who are watching by internet stretch your hands toward the device that you're watching and I'll release the glory of God Father I thank you that such as I have I give to these people who are desiring greater power in you let the glory of God permeate the atmosphere where you are Father let your glory permeate every screen that people are watching if they will touch the screen Father that touch can be a point of contact the stretching out of the hands or the touch on the screen is a point of contact and we release the glory of God right now through impartation receive it from the hand of the Lord in Jesus name Amen Praise God Now go out and pray for somebody sick Amen Amen It's like Elijah Elisha did When he caught that mantle He wasn't See the mantle ain't it It's the power behind the mantle you know, It's where people are missing it in this day and age You're looking for mantles But what did he do when he caught it He hit the water He says where is the God of Elijah Show up God Amen He wanted the real thing He didn't want just a piece of clothing But he wanted Well that's another sermon from another day But anyway Alright so if anybody needs prayer Come on up and I'll pray for you And then we'll dismiss Amen Praise God Thank you.